Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. Week two fantasy movies, movies with some fantastical element. Dave's back. He was like not here because he couldn't handle watching a unicorn movie last week. So that was actually a movie I suggested for you guys, believe it or not. Oh, really? I love Legend. I have a blue. Yeah. <laughs> Which version do you watch? Um, hmm. I go back and forth. Uh, yeah. I go to the original for the music. Like I said, the perfect version would be the director's cut with the Tendering Dream score. But nice. it doesn't exist so far. <laughs> um, Jordan and I determined a couple things last week when we did watch Legend. Uh, the darkness calls for somebody's help at the end. And we're wondering, who did he call for help from? Uh, two, Tom Cruise does martial arts through the whole movie, and that's why he wears a skirt, which is called, mm-hmm. like, a tunic. It's a medieval shirt, slash dress, slash... I don't know what you want to call it. And his armor yeah, is the same way. <laughs> yeah. And they take the time to give him magical weapons, and then they don't use them, and they lose them. It makes no sense. And then they never, they never get them back. So, the lava. Him putting his yeah. hand in the lava for the unicorn horn. I was like, hmm. I feel like that would burn. And we were also intrigued by the fact that there could be a Lady Darkness, and they should have just done that with the the princess's character and just ended it that way. Um, but the reason I pushed it on the list was I'm a little biased. I obviously liked the movie a lot, even though I kind of made fun of it. But, you know, you got to make fun of the things you love. That's a great movie, though. Funny human creature. Like, I wasn't here are. for it, but I mean, yeah, to jump off what Jordan said. Like, did you listen to the best. podcast? I did, Did actually. you tune in? Yeah, yeah. We, we didn't rib you that hard for missing out. <laughs> no, uh, no, but I agree with Jordan. It's one of the best. Uh, it's one of the best visual movies ever. Um, the world they build hmm. with that. I want to. I kind of want to visit that world. You know, except for oh, the, yeah, except for darkness's lair or whatever you want to call that. Brick, I'd um, go there too. That thing looked so cool. Well, if they make part was... two, it might be a theme park. It'll be a T-shirt. It'll be an app. It'll be a theme park. It'd be like Hobbiton, how they built the town for. <laughs> Freaking Lord of the Rings. You can go there as a tourist now. Um, I'd be into it. Hmm. wonder who owns the rights to Legend. I'll have to figure that out. Anyway. It's weird. It's weird. There's like there, different companies own it in different countries. So like there's that's why they can never like they weren't able to restore it in 4K for some weird logistical reasons. I, I read something about that recently, but I wasn't here for facts last week. <laughs> Well, the reason it got bumped to the top of the list was I just got super excited that they were going to do a part two. And then I'm like, you know what? We're doing fantastic movies. We should just cover it. That's how fantastic it is. That is that is probably if I was here last week, that would have been a binge now for me. But I wasn't. I don't even I don't even remember where we landed. I think I was a binge now. Okay. Let's jump into home video headlines. 
Ethan Hawke and Pedro Pascal are going to star in Pedro Almodovar's Western film, Strange Way of Life. Sold. <laughs> yeah, Almodovar, he's an awesome filmmaker. Um, he's Spanish, I think? Yeah, he's, he's from, yeah, he's from like, Spain. He's, you forget, like, um, actually, I just watched, like, um, his newest movie, Parallel Mothers, um, because Penelope Cruz was up for Best Actress, and honestly, I thought she should have gotten it. Um, like he, he, he works really well with these actors that come over here and become like movie stars or just kind of used for their looks. But he like gives her and Antonio Banderas like real roles and real like meaty, you know, roles to work with. Whereas over here, they're just like action stars or pretty faces. <laughs> but I watch, I like Pedro Pascal a lot. So yeah, I think it, it will be exciting. And so. a Western. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I'm just wondering if it's going to be in English or Spanish. I don't think he's done an English movie yet. Maybe it'll be both. It's always cool when they weave in and out of English and Spanish. Um, anyway, I think he's like he's like one of my favorite directors, and uh, he's like more of an artistic director. But somehow it's really interesting because he can make things look fantastic, but also somehow grounded in reality. Because all his movies generally take place in our world. Right. I would assume it's our world and stuff that like situations you could find yourself in and then they get exaggerated, but also super dramatic. So, well, he, his movies feel like suspense movies when they're really just high dramas. Like he, he has a way of, I don't know, turning up the tension or, or like an event will happen. And you're like, again, with the movie parallel mothers, no spoilers, but like something happens in the middle of the movie. And I literally went <gasps> like, it was just that big of a something crazy that just happened. <laughs> but, Dang. Um, Speaking of crazy things that happened, Howard Stern left his microphone on during one of his broadcasts, and supposedly he like leaked the fact that he's involved in like a Doctor Doom project for the MCU. So then your imagination runs wild. Did he do it on purpose? Was he making a joke? Is he really working on a Doctor Doom project? And if so, is it the fabled Fantastic Four movie that they're supposed to develop? Or is it actually a Doctor Doom TV show or movie? Um... Either way, I'm guessing he's not playing Doctor Doom because Doctor Doom isn't like Howard Stern at all, unless they were making like a joke out of it, which is really interesting because John Krasinski is kind of a joke as Reed Richards from the Fantastic Four during his cameo and Doctor Strange to, you know, they kind of make a joke out of his character. And then I heard um, Dave, who's the actor from Forgetting Sarah Marshall, like the main character who's heartbroken She's and broken up? The, yes. Look Which at Jordan saying. snapping that answer up. She's on it. Like, yeah, Jason Siegel. So there's a rumor that another like Marvel leak. And I think, like, okay, I mean, the best marketing in the world could be leak all your stuff, right? Like, leak it out to the public and see how they react to it. So you have time to either recast that actor or change the script or leave it alone and anticipate how many tickets you're going to sell or how many downloads you'll get of the movie when it hits the streamers. Like, I think they're leaking stuff as, like, part of the marketing on purpose. I, I, that's what I would do. I mean, if I was in PR just ask or him gay. What? I said, just ask him gay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. How do you start Kardashian celebrity for TV shows, a fashion line, a makeup line? You just got to drop the sex tape. Uh, Dave, when are you releasing yours? Mine. When does that drop? Does it drop at Christmas time? February 29th. <laughs> That's a very specific day. <laughs> like, Dave's got this Thanks. all planned. <sighs> wow. Wait a minute. Is it? 
Oh, wait a minute. There are February 29th. Let's <laughs> say February 30th. <laughs> so the next leap year, I guess I'm on the hook for <laughs> Wow. Here we go. At least two tickets sold. The listeners are listening. Okay. <laughs> Listen. Uh, I, okay. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Quiet, you. What? Actually, asking a podcaster to be quiet is kind of like an oxymoron or something. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's counterproductive, counterintuitive. Just be quiet. Just let the microphone go <laughs> for forty-five minutes. Um, where are we? Oh yeah, talking about the best day to leak your sex tape or a Doctor Doom reveal. Um, Jason Segel is rumored to be in She-Hulk, which is the, you know the show that they're going to have on Disney plus anytime soon, but he's playing the thing, which is another fantastic four character. So I'm like, wait a minute. If they're casting all comedians or funny people or with Howard Stern, a shock jock, like I'm like, wait a minute. Like, is it possible that they want the next fantastic four to be cheesy on purpose? Because all the iterations of fantastic four have sucked because they've taken it too seriously. Like, and in the modern day and times it is, it would be interesting if like they, intentionally engineered it to be a comedy and so therefore their tone was comedic right like if they went zany with Matt because Fantastic Four goes back to the 60s and like most of their stories in the comic book that are their best stories are between like 60 something and like the early 80s the culture clash with like <laughs> what do you call there's like a I'm not a scientist but there's a or like uh anthropologist but there's like a term right where like you know, things change, right? So what's acceptable socially at one time or another is not, right? Like, right, so right. all their stories are kind of, like, dated based on the rules well, of society. Fantastic. Well, haven't Fantastic Four has always been a bit of the goofier comic in the series, right? I mean, I mean, I know there's, like, heavy stuff going on within it, but it always had, like, a lighter touch or... or not really. Not really. The only ones that kind of had, like, a personality like that, they hung out with Spider-Man, was the Human Torch, you know, the fire guy. And the yeah. thing, who's the rock guy, they had like a banter, but um, the other ones, they're just like, what's the, what's the doctor that specializes in butts? Is it proctology? Yeah. Pro- yeah, proctologist. Yeah. Fantastic Four as a whole seems like a proctologist going over an exam with you. I, like, that's my interpretation of their whole comic book run. Like, they're not. They're boring. They're very boring. Well, I'll tell you what. I here here's my pitch. Like, if Disney, anybody at Disney is listening or Marvel, first of all, scrap a movie. I mean, maybe a movie in the future. You got Disney Plus. Create it like a '90s, 2000s era style sitcom. Make it like Friends, but with the Fantastic Four. I want to see all those guys live in an apartment and deal with that shit. You know I would what I mean? Watch like, that. that sounds hilarious. <laughs> like you could even see Fantastic Four in the Friends font. <laughs> like, wow. They don't got the courage to do something like that. Nobody, they, kinda, they don't they take chances did like with that. WandaVision and then they mucked it up with a Marvel story. I know I'm in, I'm the minor in the minority there, but I just wish that was just a straight up. Yeah, because WandaVision was going to always tell a straightforward MCU story. They were just doing a parody of television shows, like a, a, the device to deliver it to you, David. That's all. all right, I I just wanted, <laughs> I liked the peanut butter and not so much the jelly or vice versa. I just wanted to sit calm. <laughs> We're talking about his sex tape again now. He just, he's, he's <laughs> trying to build an audience. Uh, speaking of devices delivering things, the <laughs> Bob's Burger movie is headed for both Hulu and 
HBO Max in the uh, at least the US, at least in the US on July twelfth. So um, I asked these guys earlier if they had seen it. Dave, you said you finally caught it, or it took me three times to see yeah. it. I live in a little town where a two screen theater. The first weekend I went, the projector was down and they didn't know how to fix it, so they gave us tickets to come back. Week later, I go. And I went at their posted time on their Facebook page and their marquee, and they started it 15 minutes before they actually posted it was supposed to start. So I didn't want to see a late movie, and then I finally got to see it. There's my dramatic Bob's Burgers story. Riveting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just going to pull it, sir, for telling him three times to see a movie. No, it's fun. Um, my wife didn't get to see it after all, so when it comes to... HBO Max, I'll finally get to show it to my wife, who missed out on it. I'm so excited. I wanted to go see it in the theaters, but I'm not allowed to go to the movies by myself anymore because I fall asleep like every single time. And so I just, yeah, I just didn't make it. But, yeah. Riveting, right, John? (laughs) No, I mean, I was about to say, like, folks, you may not know this, but Jordan is like, one of the biggest Bob's Burger fans that I think I've ever encountered. Like she knows the characters' outfits. She wears the characters' outfits. She, she, she knows more about them than probably the creators of the show at this point. Yeah, like, it's like pretty high up there for me. Probably like Futurama is my religion, and then Bob's Burgers is like right underneath it. Oh, so, nice. yeah, those well, are not bad religions. No, I was you ever dress up like the burger for Halloween or like Gene and the Burger? I've been the Beef Squatch. I've been Louise. I was going to ask. This is hardcore. This is like real life shit right here. This is like, instead of being a brony who's like in love with uh, My Little Pony, she's like a, a, is there a name for Bob's Burger fans, Jordan? I don't know. No, but you do bring up a super fun point that there's an episode that is about bronies and they call them um, Equesticles. (laughs) <laughs> but, yes yeah because there's yeah. a my little pony parody cartoon show built in within bob's burgers right and one of the yes. characters is a fan yeah yeah oh uh, why do i know the brony episodes do we don't need to we don't have time we don't have time to unlock why <laughs> john knows at least one episode about like bronies was, yeah that was a great episode actually great great episode yeah yeah we have um, a parade here in Fort Collins every single year. It's a bike parade and you like dress up in costume and you just like drink beer around town on your bike. And so I've been Bob's Burgers like, you know, a couple of times, but yeah. Can you imagine getting a DUI on a bicycle? Well, you like, can't technically, right? You can. It's called a BUI, yeah. but like, <laughs> <laughs> but like this is like all licensed off area. Like yeah. by the city, so just don't be dumb. It's like the only rule, and yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun. I actually just passed by real, real life Bob's Burgers. I mean, I'm sure it was there for a long time before the show, but I was in somewhere in Southern California, and there was a place called Bob's Burgers. Oh, I was like, so I don't know cute. who who has a lawsuit on their hands, but <laughs> maybe there's a settlement. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? You mean Bob's Big Boy? No, I, dude, I, I'm Southern California born and raised. I know what a Bob's Big Boy is. No, this was called Bob's Burgers. Hmm. And it wasn't a pop up. It was. It was. I think it was just a privately owned place in Huntington Beach. Oh, maybe the guy's like, I'm Bob Littleton. I've had this business for 22 <laughs> years. Like, I'm not changing the name now. 
Uh, or maybe the Bob's Burgers creators, Jordan, you should know this trivia. They drove there, had a burger, and was like, let's make a burger cartoon. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it takes place, like, in New Jersey. Like, uh, you know, not for sure stated, but it's like, yeah. you know, a wharf on the East Coast. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. It feels yeah. very much California to me. Maybe it's because just the attitudes of, like, the the actors or whatever. It seems like a very California show. Yeah. But they like- got the boardwalk, which is not in California. Maybe Santa Monica. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, unfortunately, much to Jordan's dismay, we're not here to talk about Bob's Burgers all night long. Um, talking about bursting fantasies or bubbles, A Princess Doesn't Get Saved. There's a new movie called The Princess on Hulu. It almost made the list, but didn't quite. It's an 80-minute. She's got to fight her way down the tower. It's kind of an interesting idea. Poor execution. And again, talking about martial arts and a fantasy movie. She also kicks her way down, and it's so. Wait, can't suspend it... suspend my disbelief to go along with the ride. But anyway, it's getting mostly positive reviews. So, people, if you like fantasy movies, a new one since there aren't any made after 1987, then you can go watch <laughs> The Princess on Hulu. Um, so wait, you, you kind of sell me on it. Is it like the raid or dread, where it's just like you got to keep going at each level to get to the next guy or something like that? Yes, the whole whole movie. She wakes up in the tower. She's got to fight her way to the bottom of the tower. I think you just sold a ticket, even though you don't have to pay. (laughs) (laughs) I might watch that later. I don't know. You might have sold me. I'm pointing it out to fantasy fans if they're looking for another movie to watch and they've seen all the Conans and everything else that's out there. Uh, um, Speaking of a Conan-like movie, we're finally arrived, folks, at the feature presentation. Tonight's movie is Fire and Ice. It's from 1983. There's a cult filmmaker named Ralph Bakshi who's big in the animation world. And there's a fantasy artist that's considered like the godfather of fantasy artists, maybe the best that ever lived. I don't know. He's a legend, Frank Frazetta. His website is actually Frazetta Girls. Um, he drew a lot of girls in his time, but he did album covers, book covers, comic books. He was a Conan the Barbarian artist at one point, and he did the character designs for this movie. Let me try to summarize the plot. Jared Leto is a wizard. He's trying to move his glaciers down this mountain to take over the rest of the kingdoms. He's not really Jared Leto, but the frozen wizard, whose name is Necron, reminds me of Jared Leto playing a wizard in a movie about a frozen wizard. So I'm going with it. His mother is Queen Juliana, who conquered the north with her ice cap, ice peak kingdom, whatever. They literally move their whole fortress, which is made out of glaciers, further south to take over everything else. Then there's like a He-Man-like kid whose name is Larn. His village gets consumed by the ice, and then he wants to help the last kingdom left, his fire keep, which is a... So fire and ice, literally one country is made of ice. The other country is made of fire. They're duking it out. The fire princess, whose name is Tigra, she gets kidnapped. Larn goes looking for her. They run into, like, a random Conan barbarian type whose name is Dark Wolf, who wears, like, a mask. It looks more like a bear mask than a wolf mask, but he's going to help them along the way. And then that's basically it. They got to go save the princess. And if there's any relationships blossoming in the movie, it's not between the Larn and the princess. It's actually between Necron and Larn. I don't know if you guys noticed how serious Necron took that fight with Larn, as opposed to he just cast a princess immediately down into like a little crevice prison or whatever in his little ice keep there. But his mom's like really hardcore about like, I want little frozen wizard children you got to marry somebody. And he's like, eh, eh. He can barely get off his throne. He can't be bothered with anything. But but then meanwhile, <laughs> like, 
the other guy, the Dark Wolf guy I mentioned, like really has some serious beef with Necron, which isn't really fully explained. Except he's like, yeah, I'm going to take out this wizard. Maybe they have some some past drama. Who knows? We'll never know. We'll never know. Whatever happened between them is on the cutting room floor. Um, Yeah. Needed like a few more passes at the script to flesh it out. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe Dave will tell us about the techniques of making a movie like this. And uh, we'll see what he has to say about Fire and Ice and his dangerous report. Oh, man. well, You're not ready, uh, Dave. Okay, let's go to Jordan for her favorite bits. I'm, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Um, since, fantasies mo- since fantasy movies had become popular at the time and director Ralph Bakshi had wanted to work with artist Frank Franzetta, like John mentioned, um, he was able to pull together financing and distribution easily for the movie at the time. Uh, the movie actually has uh, several links to Conan the Barbarian. Uh, as mentioned, Frank Franzetta had painted many covers for the Conan books and screenwriters Roy Thomas and Jerry Conway had written uh, the Conan comics for Marvel in the seventies. So there's a real reason why the screen is Conan. Um, the animation for this movie was created using rotoscope uh, for people who doesn't, who don't know what that is. It's a method where the movie is mostly shot on film, usually in black and white with the actors actually playing the roles. And then animation is painted over it. Uh, many of the actors are credited, uh, but many of their voices were replaced in post-production to fit the feel that Ralph Bakshi was going for. Um, aside from Frank Franzetta, a few other famous artists came out of this movie. Um, uh, Thomas Kincaid, who's known for these big landscape paintings, you can buy them in malls, worked on the backgrounds. Uh, James Gurney, who created uh, the illustrated books, Dinotopia, worked on backgrounds as well. And then uh, another movie that's our TV show, actually, that turned into a movie uh, that feels very much like this, except for sci-fi. Uh, Peter Chung, the creator of Eon Flux, was a layout artist for this. So for people who remember that show, that got turned into a movie. Um, and in 2001, it was announced Robert Rodriguez was going to make a live-action version of this. And in 2014, Sony Pictures bought the rights, but nothing has come of that yet. So he did, Rodriguez did press for this. I was looking this up after I saw your fact sheet. I was like, really? He was like toting around... Um, pieces from the Frazetta like artwork museum of like mm. events around the country. And like he was interviewed and he was talking about making it. And then as you said, nothing came of it, but the, Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, well, he's been trying to like make something like this for years. Cause this is the first I heard about him wanting to do this, but I know he's been trying to do red Sonia forever. And I think it's actually gotten uh, passed on to somebody else at this point. Yeah. Red Sonia, uh, the unofficial third Conan movie. It was set in the same world. It's by the same writer, um, Robert E. Howard. And uh, she's like a female Conan. Exactly. That's basically it. And uh, But I don't think that movie's ever going to happen. Anyway. Um, these these might be hard movies to get made. I don't know. But I saw some outtakes of, like, Bakshi's technique. Like, it, it's literally like they're painting the animation cells over the live footage of the actors. And I'm like, that seems like an expensive process. Like, you take the time to get the actors... They're acting in all the scenes, and then you're literally drawing over them on the film. But I was like, oh, it's kind of like old school motion capture, like how they do now with people in the suits, except for that's all digital. But it seems like a very similar process, except for like rotoscoping is just drawing, you know, colored cells on top of your film that you record or whatever. Uh, But I was like, it's almost like he made the movie already with the actors. Kind of cheesy props and then then drew over them with the better animation but anyway he, he basically 
I don't, I don't think uh, he's not, I don't know where exactly the history of rotoscoping. I mean, it was used I mean, as special it, effects in a lot of eighties movies, back but to Disney, I mean, even but, I think yeah. something like the no, Cinderella saying, like, dancing what, around was rotoscoping. I, I was going to say, is like, yeah, but how, but where boxy boxy took it is what makes boxy like unique. You know what I mean? Like he took it to like, well, yeah, a I step mean, further. It's nuts. He's like the only animator I can think of that had like, you know, we all know Walt Disney, but like all Disney movies, you just think Walt Disney. He's the only, maybe until Don Bluth came around, which we did another episode on, but he's like the only like director that you knew or animated director you knew his work. I mean, because he pumped out like because of that rotoscope style, he was able to make a movie or two like every year or every two years or so. Whereas like most animators, it takes like five, seven years sometimes, depending on the type of animation you're doing. So, I mean, you know, he's definitely got a distinctive style and he was able to pump yeah. him out like really fast. What's funny about his work though, he definitely like uh, has like a, you're talking about being a Southern California boy. Like he has like a certain like LA vibe or California style. They can incorporate it into his, into his characters. Like, well, first of all, <laughs> which is funny because he's so opposite he's in this movie. He's running around in a bikini the whole time. Nobody ever explains where they got the idea to make a bikini, but micro, oh, yeah. micro well, that, bikini. Well, that's, oh, Frank, that's Frank Benzetta. I mean, that's, <laughs> but that, but that isn't so much Ralph Bakshi as it was Frank Franzetta. Cause I mean, that was like what most of the women looked like on his. No, no. Look at Bakshi's other movies. Well, yeah, you're you're correct, but I mean, this specifically was, I'd say, Frank Franzetta. I mean, yeah, Bakshi is known for like having nudity, cartoon nudity, all over his movies, <laughs> but uh, they're also but for, not the most racially, uh, you know, proper these days either. Oh yeah, clearly, I mean, stuff. again, from a time and place, he's from the seventies. Yeah. Most of his stuff is from the seventies. Well, it's funny you say you thought he was Southern Californian because he's actually like Brooklyn, like he's like. You know, oh really? Raised, he's like hmm. tough guy. Well, inner city, urban anyway. But well, yeah, I like, definitely uh, urban. But I gotta give him props for like for Wizards. I don't know if anybody will scream like appropriation, but like there's a Latina hero in Wizards. The main girl in that is Latina, which is a Latina fairy actually, which is yeah. kind of cool. I always thought it was cool and something different, but I don't know. Maybe it is appropriation. Who knows? I'm not gonna weigh in on that one way or the other. I'll just let people know that I think that's a cool movie. With the cool character. Um, where are we? Favorite bits, which Jordan runs now. So, Jordan, you can take oh. over anytime. All right. Favorite bits. Um, my favorite bits. There's a lot in this movie, but I would say probably the first is when uh, Tigra and Learn like, actually come across each other, right? She's, like, hmm. trying to eat his food, and then they go... Like, she has this, like, seductiveness where she, like, wants him to chase her, sort of. Runs off with these little berries. And then my favorite is when she's like, no funny business. I've definitely used that line a couple times before. Then what happens? They fall into the freaking pond. And then there's, like, a mm. giant Komodo dragon that just, like, comes out and fucks. Oh, no, it was the, the Kraken, pretty much. The yeah. Kraken in there that uh, gets learned and tries to take him down and... Yeah, so I'd say that's probably my favorite bit, but there's a lot that I... You're right. She's, like, trying to escape kidnapping the whole time, but she runs from all kinds of monsters. There was a giant iguana that was eating the beastmen who were called, like... I guess officially they're called subhumans, but... Yeah. yeah. Necron's army is, like, a bunch of mutants that seem, like, not as genetically developed or as smart as the average human, so... uh, The only part I have to pick is, like, I'm like, Tigra, girl, like, you are being a damsel, 
and she gets she gets captured how many times like five times at least she just like gets away and is running around and then she gets captured again and it happens like five or six times i also liked her monologue in front of uh what's his name the the villain what's his name necron oh, yeah thank you yeah because then he just laughs in her face and i was like oh that kind of made me sad so dave what's your favorite bit uh, I have a couple. Um, the, the animation in this is beautiful, but um, the, there's a scene where, speaking of the subhumans, um, I don't even know what the creature was, but there was a creature, I don't know, it was like a roly-poly or a millipede or something that like latched onto their hand. Uh, and I don't know, that it had like teeth. It, that like stuck in my mind. It was kind of terrifying, um, just this big bug that could bite off your hand. Um, and then the, later on, there's a scene with our hero, whose name I already forgot. Um was talking to like the skeleton that popped out of the ground. Marn. Kind of, yeah. There you go. Um, but there's a scene where the skeleton, he's having this conversation with the skeleton and saying how, uh, I want to say Tigra was screwing things up or something. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just That's because the I, the witch, the witch, the, witch yeah. the mongoloid son who, who gets betrayed burned and burned alive. Her name is Roel. Yeah. Well, the anime, again, the animation with the, the conversation with the skeleton just really kind of creeped me out. And it was one of the more interesting parts of the movie. Um, I liked that. Too. Few, yeah. That's also the trailer scene. That's the teaser scene that if you see that as a movie preview, that will make you want to watch the rest of it. Him talking to the, the dead witch. Well, what about you, John? You took mine. You can say it more eloquently. Well, yeah, I mean, well, the conversation with the dead witch brings you into the story. It's pretty interesting. Um, and, uh, and, and I'm super attracted to the character of Necron. Like, I'm actually tired of, like, weak heroes. Like, Jordan was like, I'm tired of the cliche of the princess who, like, is too afraid to do anything or take care of business. That's her dad's fault, though. King Jural or whatever his name is. Jarl or whatever from Firekeep. Mm-hmm. Like, didn't teach her anything useful. Which or the brother, for that says. matter, because her brother gets taken out, too. Yeah. So. Um, whatever. <laughs> He's just gonna dump lava on everybody. And, um, <laughs> push come to shove. He had fire the whole time. Use that in the beginning, jerk. <laughs> Waste time with glaciers. Um, I wish we knew more about Dark Wolf because they mention it's like a blink and you miss it moment in the beginning of the movie. They tell Larn to go when they think they're gonna lose the battle to Necron at his village. Somebody yells at him, "Go where your brother is." And then they show us Dark Wolf. So in my mind, I'm putting the two and two together thinking that they're suggesting that's the older brother. But then when they interact with each other, they don't know each other. So I'm like, wait a minute. So are we going to find out that there was an older brother who ran the village and then disappeared? And like, that was the beef of Necron is like he almost lost and then like went through like his own tribulations and then came back as this Dark Wolf character, like wearing like a different identity or what's the deal? But they they never describe that or explore that. And then no, he's supposed to be a stranger. And I'm like, well, what's they just want to both kill Necron? I don't get it. But what's interesting is, like, Necron is the most developed character in the whole movie. <laughs> He's the most interesting. So I'm like, dang it. Like, they should do this now. This is going to get stolen from me. But it's just, like, make a story like this, a fantasy story, but or a science fiction or something like, but it's a villain and villain. There are no heroes, just a villain and villain, because they're always more compelling. They have better backstories. They're more highly motivated. Like, there's a reason why they're broken people, so you have good drama. You know what I mean? Like why they're so tragic. They would be heroes, except for et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. These these fine points. So that's it. Characterization of Necron and the conversation with the Dead Witch. Two reasons that I those are my favorite bits. 
Yep. So now we can rate it, even though I'm excited. Yeah, I don't think you guys are going to guess my rating, but. What? I'll okay. Wait. I'll take my turn in, in time. Yeah. Okay, it was a binge now for me. I almost watched oh, it a second time. Yeah. Hmm. I technically did watch it a second time, but that's just because I was uh, fading when I was watching it the first time. Uh, It's a binge later. Um, There's a lot to like about it. It's very beautiful. I love the animation. Um, But it's also it also has a lot of the elements of why I don't like a lot of anime. Like just, uh, you know, it's it's just jerk off material for 12 year olds in a lot of ways. Like, hey, I'm a princess (laughs) wearing a bikini and ice, even though I should be cold as hell. I I don't know. It just. (laughs) There's like no reason, and nobody wears shoes. I don't know, or any kind of feet covering. Um, but there's enough to like about it. Like I'm not totally crapping on it. So binge later. What about you, John? I could have said the same thing about Legend last week with the little tiny children running around in the snow. Is all I'm saying, Dave. I, w- I would have to watch it again for a reminder. I, I just remember like the princess and like the flowy dress or like the long train dress. Or <sighs> now I have so many things that I have to address before I even get to my rating. First of all, David, aren't you a 12-year-old in your heart? If you know, you, for, things, you for watched, things like Dumb and Dumber... If you, if you lost your sure. childlike sense of wonder, you need to watch like 25 more fantasy movies uh, or fairy tales. Um, to address Jordan's point about children, fantasy like children running around, um, not wearing shirts or whatever, they're elves, Jordan. They don't get cold. Okay, okay. They're magic. Yeah, when you can't have an answer, you just go, it's magic. It's magic. It's magic. Okay. The wizard did it. <laughs> yeah, the wizard did it. Um, it's a binge never. You know why? Wow. I waited like... I had a lot of anticipation for this movie. I waited like 20 years or so. You know, 20 years because I'm 29. Okay? So I waited waited 20 years or so. Yeah, wink, wink. I waited <laughs> 20 years or so to watch this movie, and it let me down. So it's a binge never for me, which is usually not where I'm at on the Reagan scale. So... I'm, yeah, I am historically. I thought this was at the very least a binge later for you. Mm. But then Dave's argument about anime has to also be addressed. <laughs> I'm going to shove so much anime down your throat, you're going to love it or die. That's what's going to happen. Next year, all anime, David. Every single episode, <laughs> anime, anime. We're going to change the name of the show to Anime Watch or Die. No, <laughs> That'll be like an interesting, uh, <laughs> an interesting experiment to see like how long I last without snapping on the show. <laughs> Wow. Like, oh, man. Just as long as it's you... not the stuff like La Blue Girl or any tentacle stuff. No, thank you. How many weeks do you think you could last? <laughs> he can last three because usually if we do four weeks, by the third week, he's like snapping he's like... at everybody. Yeah. Well, you usually like say the classic for the fourth one, like Princess Mononoke or something where it's like, okay, even though I'm not a big fan, like I can at least appreciate this. Wow. And they're the Disney movies of the East, and you love Disney movies. It all lines up in a certain way. That as long as it follows the Disney method, that's why you love Legend so much. Because the studio is like, yeah, we're 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 blowing through a lot of money. You guys just use the Disney method, have a happy ending, and get over yourselves. <laughs> that was part of the trivia, David, that they were enforced to use the Disney method during the production. Mm. Um. We've talked more about last week's movie than we did about this week's movie. Oh, no. <laughs> well, you did rate it a binge never, so, I mean, maybe that tells you why. Yeah. Um, so, if my co-host watched anything else this week, we're going to move on to staff picks. Can they recommend a movie for you or show, even? Because I guess people watch shows. Jordan, did you watch anything else you want to tell the audience about? 
Mm, not really. I've been right. trying to get back into the Stranger Things, but haven't had enough time because those episodes take for freaking ever. But oh, um, oh, here, let me spoil the ending of the season for you. Here we don't go. even. I literally just finished it today, and no. I had to like put my fingers and my ears at work today. So, oh, that's mad. I hate when people do that. Like, in fact, I had to fast forward on the show last week because you guys were talking about Spiderhead. I'm like, I haven't even had a chance to watch that. I'm like, forward, forward. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I, <didn't> see. <laughs> I, I told them before we started, Jordan, that we didn't tease him that bad for missing last week's show, but yeah. I didn't realize we, we were going to potentially spoil something he wanted to watch. That's hilarious. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Appropriate see. torture I, for you, Dave. Let's see. I was on vacation last week, and I actually saw three movies in the theater. But um, I'm, one of them is not even worth talking about, even though it's got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't care. <laughs> don't go see Marcel the Snail it, or Shell, whatever the fudge it's called. Uh, it is just boring and not worth it. <laughs> I don't know how that movie got 100%. Um, but I did, however, see The Black Phone. Everybody's talking about it. If you want to see a new horror suspense movie, it's really worth it. It's very, it's definitely the product of Stephen King's son, let's put it that way. Um, but that's not a bad thing. Um, and I actually got to see, in an, you know, their pretentious side of me, I got to see David Lynch's Lost Highway on the big screen. Uh, first and only time I've gotten to see a David Lynch movie. Um, very, I don't know. You mean, probably, you mean in a theater setting? You've yeah, watched it, yeah. Yeah, no, this is the first time I got to see one on the big screen, uh, yeah. which I realized you kind of have to see David Lynch movies on the big screen because you're kind of trapped. You don't have do- barking dogs, wives ask wives asking you for stuff. <laughs> His movies kind of demand your attention, and that it was kind of fun. It was kind of fun to see it in a theater where people actually got it, or at least pretended to get it, laughed along with it. So I don't know if people are into David Lynch movies, go check that out. It's got like Nine Inch Nails soundtrack and. Which Romstein, if anybody remembers them. I don't know. What did you, what did you, what did you, what did you watch? <laughs> anything, John? <laughs> John, have you seen anything? <laughs> God, I can't think today. Got your back. <laughs> yeah, she's saved your ass so many times on this episode. Dude. <laughs> Liar. Okay. <laughs> At least twice. Um, I did watch something. I kind of been raving about this show called The Bear on Hulu, which is like. Oh, get into it. Apparently, it's an effects drama, it. but. So I think, I mean, okay, okay. I mean, I think I've talked about on the show or maybe with you guys in messages that like I paid my way through college by working in different kitchens. And after college, when like you run out of money, need another job, a day gig or whatever, while you're working on, well, I'm an actor. Okay. Yeah. I'm working in as a cook in a pizza place or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I worked in a lot of kitchens. So I watched this thing and I was like, that's what it feels like to work in a kitchen. I recognize what's happening, but every single character is like the best written character on television. Like what is happening in an eight episode show with the middle child from the American version of, dang it. What is the show? His name is Jeremy Allen White and he's on a, oh, Shameless. He's on the American version of the show Shameless. He's older now, obviously, but he was like the third oldest child in Shameless or whatever. And uh, so he basically plays one of two brothers. He's the younger one. The older brother has tragically died, unfortunately, and left him a mess of a kitchen to clean up and run this restaurant called like the the beef. original beef of Chicago, beef land of Chicago or something. And it's com- completely dysfunctional, but a lot of kitchens are dysfunctional, composed of dysfunctional people that like their sanctuary is the kitchen and they get it together long enough to cook good food for other people that can afford to buy it while their lives are kind of falling apart. But 
I've watched the entire show twice now, and that's a lot because I'm I'm a very hard critic. Like I wanted to make movies, and now I spend my time mostly criticizing the movies of filmmakers that I like. And I don't want to be a critic, but we all we make jokes that like I'm like a John Lovitz character from The Simpsons who's called the critic, and they like dated like a spinoff of this guy, and he like that's his job. But um, uh, yeah, I I don't have anything bad to say about this show and also i see other people that have cooking experience like responding to my little um reels about it what's a reel well folks in social media you can make a short video and post it to your friends and anybody who has the internet and sometimes people will comment on it and so i saw the comments were like yeah that's not an insider's look at a kitchen yeah right and i'm like what i didn't say in my video was i worked in several kitchens and this feels like i'm going to work as a line cook dishwasher prep cook sous chef the abuse fraternity style that rolls down plus everybody's wacky personalities as you're trying to make like 25 sandwiches for your customers, but you have to listen to the story of like what's going on in the other cook's life. Like that's exactly, that's exactly what it, that's exactly what it, what it freaking feels like. You know what I mean? So, and uh, yeah, I mean, I can't push it hard enough. I don't want to push it so much. Like, Hey, you got to read this like a book report or something. You're assigned to this, but um I'd say because I, I I just finished it last night. Uh, you you suggested it to me, and I saw a preview of it at one of the movies I saw, and I was sold. Um, I rushed through it. Um, yeah, no, check. I'd say at least watch the first episode. Like, yeah, it's not a homework assignment, but if you watch that first episode and you're not watch, itching to watch the second, then it's not. Well, see, cool. I would be surprised if you turned it on and didn't watch at least two or three of them, and then stopped. If you got well, I, yeah, I, well, that's kind of what happened to me. I think I told you I finished watching the first episode, and that's literally all the time I had that day to watch it. But the next opportunity I got, I like binged three in a row. Like it's just that, that good. Um, hmm. I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. Every character is well written because they're like full three dimensional characters. And like uh, you know, people. I mean, it. I don't know, man. I, I was sold on it from the first episode. I mean. Um, you know, it is a quick binge, though. They're only twenty people like inspire each other. That in yeah, the show. but yeah. they're only they're only twenty five minute episodes, so it's a quick binge. You can get through it quickly. Yeah. Um, excellent. I'm so excited to hear that because I like feel like with you know Stranger Things it being like an hour and twenty minutes and stuff. <laughs> like I can't <laughs> imagine like adding episode. another episode, like another series on my plate right now. But knowing it's only like twenty minutes per episode, like I will probably crank it out before next. Well, no, it's, it's a quick binge. I don't want to hog all the time on the mic, but I'll tell you two more things about it. Like, so the showrunner's wife is a real chef, and so she advised on it. So it's being produced by somebody that knows kitchens. And then the second thing is, um. It's a list jumper. Like if you have a queue and you're like, oh, I'm eventually going to get to these 10 movies and these three shows that you said were like the seasons are 45 minutes, like episodes are 50 minutes plus and there's nine episodes. This moved immediately to the front of my line. And like I was more intrigued. Yeah, I'll just tell you, I was watching more of the bear than I was watching Legend or freaking Fire and Ice. Let me tell you something. (laughs) (laughs) I'm stoked. No, it's it's pretty good. It's a. It's a fast binge. I will be surprised if Evie came back and said, "Like John, this is horse shit." Like I, it's well, you it's got no concern good. for me. I've already watched it. Well, well, and like I have all of my like restaurant industry friends because I was yeah. in the industry for like fifteen years. Like I've yeah. seen them posting it on their Instagram and in their Facebook. So, um, yeah, no, I just need to. I just and need to watch it. I feel like there was no press. I feel like they just dropped it on Hulu and I'm like, I hope they just like one and done and just burn it out. Like 
Right. It's advertised it's like everywhere in LA, though. Like I, I don't I think just... at first. I, I think at first it wasn't. I think like it got traction, and then people are like, "You got to see yeah, this." It's getting some word of mouth now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. If you live in a smaller area like I do, I didn't hear about it. Then you go to LA and it's like, "Hey, posters everywhere. Watch this show." Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it funny that sometimes the staff pick becomes the best part of the episode? So, folks, you got to listen to the whole damn forty-five minutes because you'll never get here. Yeah. The gems are here. The gold is here. It's dripping. Because unfortunately, it's a TV show. We're never going to do an episode on the bear, unless it's the. the... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this might be the one that breaks all the rules. Um, I mean, it is kind of a movie. Like where it ends, it does lead to a second season. However, if it doesn't get picked up for some reason, like it feels it's fully it came full circle. You're not going to be disappointed if there's no season two. I almost broke our rules to cover uh, Chernobyl, the Chernobyl miniseries. Uh, so you know good. that is so good but so depressing <laughs> like it is <laughs> like uh, you know but it, it's worth it you just got to be in the right mindset yeah speaking of mindsets we're about to wrap it up but come back next week we'll have another movie about fantastic stuff i'm gonna tell them what we're watching but audience i'm not gonna actually give you guys an opportunity to know what we're watching just uh come back next week if you like the binging that we've done come back bingers we'll see you next week